Welcome to Big Blend Radio Success Express Show, where we talk about business, leadership, and career development. Welcome, everybody. Our organizational trainer and author, Rita Sever, is back on the show today. Rita is the author of Supervision Matters, and that's when we first met her. Uh, Supervision Matters is 100 bite-sized ideas to transform you and your team. She's also the author, which is her latest book, is Leading for Justice, Supervision, HR, and Culture. She's a regular Big Blend Radio guest expert, which we love, but I encourage you to go to her website, supervisionmatters.com. And today, we're talking about compassion in the workplace. Rita, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me back, Lisa. Always fun. Always fun because you always have this positive outlook on everything, but you do get real. We're going to talk about compassion. And even you go, compassion is truly kindness, right? Let's just start with the definition of compassion so people understand that because you also have this balance of yeah we're we're being nice and everything but actually it's it it has to be real right exactly there are limits to it in, in the workplace so yes starting with compassion in in the workplace is really about recognizing people as people not cogs in the machine which is what the old style of work was based on a factory where, you know, people were basically an extension of the machinery in the factory. And if they Mm -hmm. broke, you just take them out and put another one in, end of story. So compassion is about recognizing that people have their own lives and their own baggage and their own histories and their own complications and making room for that when we can in the workplace and supporting people through hard things when we can and mm-hmm. recognizing that wellness matters and that the environment we create together matters and how we treat each other matters. That's all part of compassion in the workplace. And that's where we we talked about last year on your last interview and we got into the part of like, what about, you know, because I know you work with a lot of nonprofits and your book, Leading for Justice, really focuses on these justice-oriented nonprofits, right? Yes. And people get, you know, if you think about a social worker, a therapist, or someone that is out in the field really caring for people, or they can get into a place where they need some mental health care. Sometimes they just need to have a few days off in a bubble bath, you know, so we, <laughs> I, exactly. I'm in, I'm, I want that, <laughs> but, yes. you know, so sometimes the, the workplace has to be kind of like what they're doing as an organization. They need to do that for their employees too, right? Yes. Recognizing the cost of the work, the challenges that come with it and the emotional um, labor that comes mm. with doing compassionate work externally we need to refill our compassion tanks. When you said the bubble bath, I actually thought back to when I worked in an organization offering services to people with AIDS back at the height of the epidemic. And we did several things to support, support staff, including having a mental health support group once a month 
where a therapist would come in and meet with all staff just to be able to process together the cost of the work. And I was amazed and so supported because I was admin. I did not do frontline work, but I was included in that group because even people who look like they don't, they're not on the front lines. They're not directly impacted, but it's still there in the workforce. So that was a great model of an example of compassion in the workplace. That's really huge because you're still, you also need to understand the people you're interacting with. Right. Right. So that way it's like a group entity. And that's kind of what I'm starting to get to this point of, you know, these interviews we do all the time with different, you know, business leaders and compassionate care and all of this, it seems like an organization, whether it's a nonprofit or not, has to have a, a basic code of conduct, right? That sounds really old school, but the code of contact, conduct actually should have compassion in there and and um, politeness, you know, uh, those kinds of things of yes. not of good behavior. <laughs> Absolutely. I um I once did a workshop on building a culture of kindness. And one of the examples I used was actually from the Veterans Administration. I don't remember the name of the program, but they I think it was something like civil that stood for something, C-I-V-I-L, but I don't remember that part. But one that stuck with me is they were as explicit as when you pass a colleague in the hall, when you are 10 feet away, make eye contact. And when you are five feet away, say hello. Mm. It was that specific. And the reason, and it was, that was just one tiny example, but overall, when they measured the impact of this, process of being civil with each other in the workplace. Within two years, complaints against the agency went down and morale went up. It was quite dramatic, actually. And so if morale goes up, then production goes up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Production, no matter what it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People are more engaged and more effective in their work when they feel better about their work. Yeah. When they feel valued. I, it sucks to have that feeling when you wake up in the morning and go, oh, I have to go to work. Yes. Like, you know, that's why I work for ourselves. <laughs> Nancy and I work for ourselves because we know like, oh, we love all our projects. It's like a, it's a, we have a passion project basically that never ends. Right. Right. So, right. so that's, that's not wonderful. good. So, I mean, we probably need a boss to tell us, go take the bubble <laughs> bath. But that's right. the thing. You want to have people really engaged and excited um, so when we talk about how, how do we do it so that compassion comes in, you were talking about, you know, this, this, um, you know, project that you're working on the kindness and everything. How do we actually get it instilled into a workplace where it's not fake? I'm just going to go right. right there. Right. Okay. Well, I think it has to happen on several different levels in order for it to be authentic. Um, I think it has to happen systemically. I think it has to happen um, through culture. I think it has to happen in practices around supervision. I'm all about supervision, so I'm always going to connect the dots there. And it comes down to how people treat each other. So it really needs to go through all that. And to make it authentic people have to understand why it matters 
They have to feel the impact of it, and they have to understand why it makes a difference to their colleagues and why it makes a difference to their bottom line. As you said, the bottom line may be a mission in the organizations I work with, maybe profit, it may be how many widgets we can build, whatever the bottom line is, how is this culture that includes compassion going to help us be successful? Mm. Now it's going to change also according to the type of organization, right? Well, it's going to change a little bit in what it looks like, but I think there are some commonalities, again, that you're going to build practice of civility, respect, um, practices around consistency and supervision Mm -hmm. and support. What does support look like? And the systemic practices are very similar, no matter what the organization in terms of, you know, what a benefit package looks like, how much we pay people. It may Mm -hmm. not be the same, but the same considerations We're going to look at that. What can we afford to pay people and how does that impact them? Oh, that's, that's a good point. And like, yeah, don't hire someone and not, yeah, that's exactly it. It goes from the actual pay because that's always, that's a true hard bone reality for, for folks is, am I getting paid what I am, Mm -hmm. what I deserve? And if the organization can't afford it, you're going to have a very unrestful, like restless person. Let's put it that way. You're going to have an ha- unhappy worker and that can become very negative later. Absolutely. And it's a tricky thing because again, since I have worked with many nonprofits, they can't always pay as much as mm-hmm. they would like to. So in those cases, it's what benefits can they give that can supplement the actual okay. wage And is it fair? I think that's the bottom line for people, Mm. that if I'm not getting as much as I would like, do I trust that we're all in the same boat? Oh, yeah. Because if I feel like, well, I'm not getting what I'm worth and they're not worth nearly as much as they're getting paid, that's when you're going to have the disgruntled employees. Oh, yeah. I I have a friend who who, is in the nonprofit world and she left because her superior I hate to use that word was basically stealing her work uh, and uh, yeah. and then putting her name on it got all the money and I mean she was doing okay but she's like well there's nowhere to go other than this person's job and I'm already doing it so I'm bored right. and I'm not getting paid and I'm and being there's nowhere for me to go there's and nowhere. it was unfair yeah that's unfair Absolutely. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. So, and then she's moved on and, and, um, don't mess with my buddy. (laughs) Yes. Even in that situation, it could, you could still bring compassion to that situation. If somebody had not the part of her boss stealing her work, but if some, it, it's not uncommon in a small organization Mm -hmm. to get to a level where there isn't any place for you to go. Right. So in that case, compassion might look like having a conversation with someone and say, acknowledging that mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I think you've tapped out here. We love having you here. We want you to stay. But if you want to go, how can we support you? What yeah. do you need to learn? How can we 
open doors for you. Well, they can that's leave huge. feeling good about themselves well, and the organization. And that, yeah, because you don't want negative stuff on your organization, especially a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And when someone moves on, half of the time they're staying in the same kind of industry, right? right. The same kind of, you know, care or whatever they're doing, focus, um, same genre. And so it, it's going to, like, I know my friend, she's in the same industry and she has right. her friends and everybody that were, they were all knocking on her door. Trust me. And mm-hmm. so she didn't do anything negative. But now she is able to work with her old company, her old organization and make it all work for what she's doing now. And I think that's also very important. It's like, don't burn bridges. Like you're saying, it has to stay positive because if you're a nonprofit, it's about everyone working together because who knows we're going to be working together again. Likely. Absolutely. Very and likely. It goes way beyond nonprofits. You know, just geographically, people usually stay in the same area, even if they do change industries. So it's going to come back. You're, got, you're working with the same people in one way or another. Well, the other part I want to talk about is um, nonprofits have a hard, uh, just like, let's really focus on this, on nonprofits. You know, I've just done uh, some recent interviews and they're nonprofit centric or uh, activism centric, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. There are some very big nonprofits in our country, national big nonprofits. And people go, oh, we don't want, you know, how much, and nonprofits have had to step up their game on um, how well are they doing in regards to is are donors giving to the admin or not, right? So now this is a big deal. Admin are important in a nonprofit. Otherwise, how does, how do things run? And it was funny because the interview I was just doing was about admin and, and it was about pol- political rights for wildlife conservation and things like that. And I was thinking about you and I'm like, yeah, so, you know, you can't, if you're going to do political stuff, you're going to have a bunch of admin people. That's what you're paying for if you're donating to this cause. Now, on the flip side of that, I know some very big nonprofits and you have these CEOs that are making tons of money. Like you might as well run Google kind of thing. Almost, you know, you know what Those I mean? Pretty rare, but they do have, you, you, you know what I mean? Those big ones. Yes. Okay. It's not as big as Google. Let me bring it down. I don't know, whatever it is, but you know what I mean? Where yeah, there are really... a few very big nonprofits where the leaders make it compared to the regular nonprofit staff. It looks extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And so it's very hard for the people on the outside to go like, what? You know, and I, and and in some ways I think they do deserve it if they're good in what they're doing, because if it's that big of a nonprofit, you're going to, you know, so there's that point. But for the employees, nonprofit numbers are open for the public. So compassion needs to be there because everything's transparent in a nonprofit. If you're politically communicative kind of thing in a nonprofit that you work in isn't transparent, but the numbers are transparent. Don't you think they'll collide at some point? I was just thinking about that today. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, 
Let's see. I want to respond to several things you said. And Sorry, I, ten. I was no, just I, there's a, a lot to talk today. about. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to start by just saying, you know, the thing about um, admin is invisible. I think of admin as the skeleton of an organization. You don't see it, but it can't function without it. And so I think exactly. it's important to recognize that there is something very fundamental about we need admin. Oh, it's the backbone. It's the Absolutely. backbone. Um, in terms of the transparency, yes, if organizations, especially nonprofits, are not walking their talk in terms of practices and pay and values and benefits and how they treat each other, then it is things are going to hit the fan, as they say, because it's going to come out and it's going to be messy. So Mm -hmm. it's vital that people, maybe they don't have, you know, they certainly don't have to know what everybody makes, but they have to know it's fair. That's again, Mm -hmm. we're back to the fairness. I don't have to know what my colleagues make, but I need to trust that you figured it out in a way that was fair to both of us. So that's That's part of that compassion. And that's, to be how did you figure it out that's what I want to know not what the answer was oh (laughs) so so we're really still focusing on that compassion and and kindness care really thoughtful it's about being thoughtful it's about being thoughtful recognizing the humanity of ourselves and each other and our work together and being kind. I think it's a, I talked about this way back when you talked to me about supervision matters, the difference between being kind and nice. No. Nice focuses on how the person will feel when, when the other person leaves the interaction or the conversation. Kind focuses on, am I doing this in the best and most compassionate manner? while still being clear about what's needed or boundary or whatever we're talking about. So that's how you focus on kindness. What, how am I going to roll this out? Not, not just how are people going to feel? Because if you focus only on how people are going to feel, you don't have the hard conversations Mm. and you end up not treating people fairly because you're, you know, focusing on the squeaky wheel, if you will. Ah, I think people will do the right thing if they're comfortable, but it's not about being comfortable and feeling good in your job is not about letting go and not doing well. Like, oh, they'll, they'll let me do whatever that that's, you talk about that too. You have compassion, kindness, and being nice, but there's a line drawn too that you don't get to. And I think that goes with human life anyway just because you're kind doesn't mean you get to walk over me you know (laughs) exactly and I think that's especially important in this topic compassion in the workplace it doesn't mean any given person gets everything they want or unlimited time off you know somebody can't take a year off um, no matter what they're going through no matter how horrible it is with pay because that's not fair to everybody else Mm. So helping them get benefits, having good time off benefits. But bottom line, if you're there working, you have to be working. And if you can't work for whatever is going on in your life, then we need to find a a way to get you time off. 
So, yes, it becomes a disincentive if people, you know, feel like, well, if you're having a hard time or you act out, then you get whatever you want. And here I am plugging away every day and I get nothing. Then then people, again, feel like it's not fair. Ah, so compassionate is about also fairness. Justice. Huh. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There has to be, that's without justice, you don't have trust. And without mm-hmm. trust, then the compassion becomes insincere. Again. Oh, I have to look this up for you and, and tell you, um, I know that this is airing on a different day, but today's quote of the day on our Big Blend community is Blaise Pascal. I'm probably not even pronouncing his name right. Justice and power must be brought together so that whatever is just may be powerful and whatever is powerful may be just. Mm, How about that? Wonderful. Yes. Is that not one of the best quotes about justice? Yes. That's, that's beautiful. I, it is. It's like, and, and I think that's the same thing when we talk about compassion and when it, it has to have integrity. Mm -hmm. You can't have compassion without integrity. Right. Yes. As you said, even in our personal lives, we can't be so compassionate that we get walked over or we give ourselves away. We have to take care of ourselves and Mm -hmm. show compassion and act compassionately towards others. Yeah. So let's put it, let's, let's give some examples here. Okay. Okay. I come to you. I'm going, Rita, Rita, I, I can't work. My mom's sick. Um, I really need to take care of her. You know, it should, it shouldn't be too long. Can I take some time off is, is, can Sally come in and help me on my workload and I can do some work from home. Now that's kind of balanced, right? Okay. So the first thing is to lead with um, compassion and empathy. So, you know, then I say something like, Lisa, I'm so sorry to hear you going through that. That sounds really hard. Um, and I will do my best to support you while making sure the work gets done. So that's the first oh, step. Oh, see, that was already strong. You're yeah. already going, the work's still going to get done. We need to get the work done. Right. We care about you, but okay. Yeah. Ooh. And the second step is saying, you know, let's look at how we can see if we can get you some time off. Let's talk to HR. You might be entitled to family leave. Maybe you have sick time. Let's see what we can get you for time off. Let's look at that first. And then after we have an answer to that, then we can look at what might work in terms of working from home or job sharing. Um, So I can't make any promises now because I don't know what we're going to, what it's going to look like, or you don't know what you're going to look like. Oh, so you get everybody some breathing time. Very good. Let's take a, you know, let's... um, Follow our path. You, I'll talk to HR. You look up your benefits from your perspective, and then we'll meet again next week and see where we go from here. And, you know, whatever we can do, we will do our best, again, making sure the work gets done, since that is why we're all here. Ooh, and then you smile. <laughs> this is yeah. perfect. But it is true. It is about caring and seeing what you can do and making a situation as best you can. There's so many people I know um, that do work in nonprofits who have gone through some things, especially during COVID and things, and um, who have said, you know, 
thank goodness that my company understands. I've heard that term. I don't know how many times of like a death has happened or something has happened where they just really needed a timeout. And I, that's why we wanted to talk about this today was compassionate um, care in a workplace, not like, you know, end of life care, but compassionate care, compassion um, is that some people will burn out in a nonprofit from doing so much. And once in a while, someone will go on a sabbatical. I'm like, how the hell do you get a sabbatical? I want one. (laughs) How How do you get that? But the company goes, oh, or the organization when we see exactly what you've done, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for this or whatever. They saw the value and have let people go away for six months at a time. Right. And again, the the background of that is there has to be a policy that's fair again. Okay. And that's yeah. Available to everyone. So like most of them are like after six or seven years, you get two months off paid and you can add another two months if you want it, something like that. But it is available to everyone. It's not on an individual basis that, okay, Lisa, you can get one, but no, Nancy, I don't think you've worked hard enough. You don't get one. It's consistent and generous. It is very generous to be able to have a sabbatical and it, you get that back in you know, good work and retention and engagement and productivity. Wow. Absolutely. So, and so this also means that people need to look into what their um, opportunities are, you know, their, what their, what their rights are actually. Yeah. Both um, through their own personnel policies, what's available to them and through state law. Many states have disability insurance or family leave acts that will help support that need when you have need to have time off. It's not going to be the same, but it's something. It's something to also know when you go into a a job, right? Is to understand how much does, if you have a compassionate environment, doesn't that help when people are like, oh, we love working here. If you get that that positive vibe, doesn't that help attract people that you want in your organization? Yes, it helps people stay longer and it helps re- attract new staff. Absolutely. When there's a reputation that it's a compassionate workplace, we feel valued. We love working here. Absolutely. You're going to get better qualified candidates. Wow. Wow. This is cool. Okay, so what else am we are we missing here? I'm going I'm going through you have so you have a good list of notes here. So um let's get down to because we were talking about some of you know how it looks like and everything, but there are systems you talk about that actually need to be in place. So honestly, an organization basically you do need to have an HR that's on top of it and knows what everybody is what they have available to them. Yes. And, you know, some small organizations don't have HR, but they have, right. you'll need to be intentional. What are our policies? How generous can we be with time off? How are we going to treat people when they hit personal troubles and being intentional about that instead of each supervisor or manager does it off the cuff. That's when you end up having discrepancies and, mm-hmm the system isn't being consistent. 
So thinking about it ahead of time and being both responsive to what comes up, but also from the start thinking about how can we best support people by building in a plan for sabbaticals, even if it's not going to happen for five more years, let's build a plan. What what benefits do our staff need? How can we best, it's not just money, how it's time off, it's, um, you know, gym memberships, helping support repayment of student loans. It can't be personalized. I can't say, oh, Lisa, I know you, um, you know, you have five kids, so I'm going to pay you more than Joe, who only Oy. has two. No, that's not only not okay, it's not legal. Okay. So you can't be flying by the seat of your pants. It has to be intentional and thoughtful. So no matter what the size of your organization is, even if it's a three-person thing, right, to, you know, a hundred person, to 200, to maybe a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it could be global, all of that. You need to know what your, what, so someone's getting set up. Ooh, we should talk about that someday, about setting up an organization. You need to have those protocols in place. So then when you go to hire someone, you're not, you know, all, right. you, it's not messy. Because I don't right. think you're going to attract the people you want, number one, if you're not with it. Exactly, you, exactly. And when I was an HR director, we developed some compassionate policies like, you know, enabling people to donate sick leave, which is a great idea and very supportive. And it needs to be a policy. There needs to be clear guidelines and limits. And like we would put a limit that you have to keep at least a week of your own time off because you can't give away everything. And when can you do it? We set it up that you know, people couldn't donate sick leave just when somebody ran out and they had another cold. Okay. It was more for extreme circumstances. There's different versions of it, but thinking again about those questions ahead of time so that we were ready mm. what made all the difference. Wow. And so you have to keep things fair across the board. Right. Fairness. Yeah. That's the key. And the other thing I think is really important in this topic when we talk about compassion as work at work is to remember that it's about listening, being empathetic, supportive, and it, you can't fix it. There is a line there where it is not up to the workplace or the supervisor to fix whatever the situation is. You Mm -hmm. can support and help, but Don't fall into the trap of feeling like, well, I have to fix it. Like, I can't hold them accountable because they're going through a divorce right now. No, that's not fair to everybody else. They still have to be accountable to their work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some serious things that happen in life, like divorce, you know, um, weather circumstances that can affect you coming to work. There's some real things in life, you know, death, all of that. and I think, you know, especially in California, California is putting one law into place after the other that's already set up. But if for the workplace to actually at least know how someone's feeling, it maybe is just, you know what, if you really need a day off today, go take one if you need mm-hmm. it. And right. I know that there's a bunch of employees that do more than overtime without the compensation. But at that point, you should at least 
say something to you. You need to acknowledge that. And maybe I, on nonprofit work, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're out in the field for days because that's what it's, that's what's needed. Right. right? And this is so, where, you know, it gets tricky. The gray area. The, balance, <laughs> the, the compassion and the generosity with the fairness and the law. <laughs> yeah. But they're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Yeah. It, it's about actually being on it as a supervisor, right? Yeah. Being there and understanding, recognizing someone pulling all the stops and pulling them back when it's now unhealthy. Exactly. Yeah. That's the other part. And, you know, yeah. If your job really requires this much time, then we need to look at changing yeah. it because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Because people go too far sometimes. It's, okay. it's and, and can get into like a, a savior mode. I don't, mm-hmm. you, do you know exactly. what I mean? In, in nonprofits, it's like, I'm going to fix yep. the fixing thing. You brought that word up and I was like, Ooh, that's a hard thing. Cause people want things to be good and they want to fix things. That's a huge, wonderful quality, but there's this line that gets stepped over at times. And sometimes right. it's truly honest. And you know, it, it just is, it's a, it's, it's, it's messy. Yes. It is. It can get very messy, both on a personal level and systemic level, organizational level. Yeah, I have a section in my Leading for Justice book about the savior part and how historically that has been messy and how it can still be messy, both Mm. again on an individual level and if we're not careful organizationally. Well, the other thing too, I mean, it's, it's someone goes out, they wear their heart in their sleeve, they go for it. And it may be, a, and sometimes it's just a one-off circumstance, mm-hmm. you know, and just be aware of it, thank them, but don't, you don't want yes. it to go off to the point where harm is done. And then it's like accepted that this is how, you know what I mean? There's just this, it, the gray area is a gray area, but you are always about having a system so that when a situation comes up that you have you know where to go. You're not taken by surprise too much, right? Yes. Either there is a protocol, a plan, a policy in place, or you have guidelines that you know where to go for answers or for help. Mm. So that, you know, you know how, like I did in the example with you, okay, let's let's follow this and do our research and come back and make a plan. But I'm not going to make you promises now. I'm not going to say, Oh, Lisa, that's awful. We're going to take care of you through this. The height of emotion. You don't run on the height of emotion. Yeah, it has to be balanced. Ooh, cool it down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, while still being compassionate with you as a person, but knowing that the next step is a different animal. I think people have done that at times to me in life. (laughs) I'm just thinking about that. I think we've all been through that, right? You know, it's, and, and when you're going through something, you're emotional about it, no matter Absolutely. How, how you can't, you, you know, it is what it is. That's life. Yeah. And as you, you use the example of people saying, thank goodness, my organization was so helpful and supportive and compassionate. I've also heard the horror, horror stories of, I remember one quote where somebody said the worst part of cancer was dealing with HR. Oh my God, that's that's horrible. That's the worst. That's worse because you're already dealing with a medical system and they suck. And you're sick and you don't feel well. And that was the worst. That's terrible. (laughs) 
that's not cool. That's no. not cool. So no. that's that's what we want to be the opposite of that. We want that to be the easiest part of the journey. Even if it's not exactly what you were hoping for, it doesn't make it worse. Wow. Yeah, because HR is like holding hands between management ownership and the employees and making everything work. They're the glue. They're the ones who need to go on a spa day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know, because it is, you're getting it from all sides, you know, you're in yeah. the middle. And so there's something. So are there compassionate care plans for HR people? Like, actually, that's not <laughs> something to think about. Who helps yeah, the absolutely. HR people? Yeah, I I have a whole chapter about that in my book about how hard HR is and how we have to support each other in HR and hopefully, as you said, the managers and the owners are aware of how important HR and can offer that spa day occasionally to help. Or cake or something it. good. Right. Just something. Yeah. I, I think there should be some kind of appreciation for work because it's not always about the money either. Right. No, it goes. You know, money is a part of it again, especially if you feel everybody like needs it. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. But. More is how I feel. Am I being treated? Am I being valued as a person, not just for my skills? Mm. Wow. What a good conversation, Rita. I love this. Yeah, I love it. We always have great conversations. I we know. Did, did so we much. stick on plan? No. no I, th- <laughs> I think we did. Who knows? It's a gray area. Let's put it that way. But everyone, Rita Sever, uh, go to her website, supervisionmatters.com. Uh, we love having her on the show. She comes on every few months and her books, again, Supervision Matters and also Leading for Justice. And you can keep up with her on our site also at blendradioandtv.com and keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much, Rita. We can't wait for next time. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio Success Express Show. This show is brought to you by Big Blend Magazines. You can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. And check out our magazines at blendradioandtv.com.